Welcome to the False Claims Act Insider, presented by Price Benowitz. With more than 15 years of experience as an attorney focusing on KETAM law, Tony Munter explores the risks and heroism involved in being a whistleblower alongside distinguished attorneys. John, I appreciate it. I was going over your resume and I... I mean, I knew you had an environmental background. I must say, I didn't know you had 20 years as, uh, 25 years-ish running nonprofits in in environment. How did you go from that to dealing with whistleblowers? What what got you into our insane part of the world? Uh, Which I will tell you, I got into it by accident, but. uh, Yeah. Well, for me, I've always been interested in any job that helps me further the cause of uh, justice and fairness. And so um, I've always looked at my environmental work, uh, which I started way back in the early 90s, uh, including doing volunteer work. I was a a pro bono attorney for a number of environmental groups when I was in private law practice. as really uh, addressing injustice, environmental injustices, which hurt people as well as the planet. And so um, in my previous job, leading the Wind Solar Alliance, it was really promoting a solution to the climate crisis. Renewable energy is getting cheaper and um, more available around the world. Uh, certainly you can now outcompete uh, the very harmful fossil fuels. Um, but that job, uh, it was actually a perfect um, uh, prelude to this one. There, when I was really promoting the solution. But the problem is, is one of the big uh, challenges implementing solutions to climate change are the same challenges that uh, block us from implementing most of the solutions to our social problems, and that's corruption. <laughs> uh, and so, uh, to me, to be able to marry my passion for climate, ch- uh, fighting climate change, and helping people in the environment with a very effective tool that in my view is being underutilized. Um, uh, whistleblowers are incredibly powerful uh, from a moral perspective, but they also have some legal tools. By the way, when I alluded to tools, I was referring to the legal tools and not people. So we have people, courageous people, that need help uh, getting, uh, working through the various uh, processes. and. Uh, we could uh, help them achieve justice, we can protect them from retaliation, and we can address some of the biggest issues of the day. So to me, wow, what a great opportunity. Yeah, yeah. well, not surprisingly, when you joined the Whistleblower Center, I noticed, you know, we now have four or five environmentally based programs, I guess you'd say, yeah. Yeah. Work on cases related, and I'm just trying to pull them up. But have you had much uh, interest in those uh, programs? How is that going? Yeah, um, quite a lot of interest. Um, Everyone I talk to um, instantly agrees when I say one of the biggest uh, obstacles to solving our big environmental problems is corruption. Um, And, um, you know, democracy is threatened all around the world. Uh, You really can't achieve any significant uh, uh, social reforms without laws. Uh, laws only function in a democracy. <laughs> and so uh, everybody, everybody everybody agrees with the statement of the problem. And when I'm able to come to them and say, actually, we have something that can deliver a tangible solution in a reasonable amount of time, that gets people's eyes and ears uh, lit up and said, wow, tell me more. And then I tell about the sort of uh, world-changing impacts of whistleblower cases. And some have truly uh, transformed entire industries uh, because of the, how we, and particularly in the United States, have empowered whistleblowers to uh, come forward uh, with evidence of wrongdoing and have worked with prosecutors and regulators to actually do something about it. 
Um, we, I, all the problems we work on are global. Actually, I, when I say U.S. laws, it's because those are the ones that have gone first. As far as I'm concerned, uh, I'm concerned this is a wave that uh, will happen all across the planet. And um, we are very interested in working with whistleblowers around the world, working, uh, working with policy work, uh, makers around the world to uh, make this system work. Which laws are you taking advantage? Which whistleblower laws, I guess, would you see taking well, the False Claims Act, the SEC? I know there's a couple of yeah. um, new laws that, that um, anti-dumping laws, that kind of thing. Which, uh, which laws have been most effective or, or potentially most effective? I should say in this area because it is fairly yeah and there's two those are two very different questions so only a handful that have proven effectiveness and a whole bunch of them have enormous potential Um, and so um, proven effective false claims act I'm glad you brought that up yes Um, and we think it's underutilized Um, you know the most common use of false claims act is government procurements which, uh, let's face it, the government's not going to stop spending money anytime soon. And, and the opportunities for fraud and abuse of, of those uh, taxpayer dollars is as great now as ever. And so uh, we think there's going to be increased interest in the in, um, Justice Department in working with whistleblowers to, uh, to fight back uh, and to uh, protect that uh, money. There's also another side of the False Claims Act, which has had limited effectiveness up till now, we think has enormous growth potential, and that's so-called reverse false claims. Um, uh, the numerous permits and licenses and beyond that the government is issuing. Uh, we're very interested in customs fraud, for example. Um, and you know, we work uh, on the industrial logging, uh, legal uh, logging industry. Um, and same thing with legal fishing, illegal wildlife trafficking. All of these you know, global industries um, are um, dominated by criminals that have to get through ports. <laughs> And, you know, we are not fully utilizing the tools that are at hand. The False Claims Act, Lacey Act, a whole bunch of other laws like that could be used more effectively to intercept all this legal trade in the ports. We're very interested in that. So that's the False Claims Act to start. Uh, we're also very interested in oh, uh, sticking on the theme of proven successes. Uh, the other biggie is uh, Dodd-Frank Act. Uh, we're interested in both the security side and the commodities side uh, of the Dodd-Frank Act. Um, and... Um, um, the numbers are impressive in terms of the monetary sanctions that the SEC has been able to deliver thanks to whistleblowers and the rewards going back to whistleblowers, which sends the right signal out to the whistleblower, uh, potential whistleblowers in corporate America and beyond. So um, those are the two biggest, uh, as far as we're concerned, in terms of opportunities to basically go around the world and say, we have a success model. It's working. Let's replicate this. <laughs> uh, and to reach out to whistleblower, potential whistleblowers, and say, you don't have to destroy your life. Uh, you can get these cases filed confidentially and get the government to take over the case. Um, and that's something I think that most people are not aware of. And we really think uh, it's our job to spread the word and help people know that, you know, all the incredible traumas that whistleblowers have experienced um, throughout history, um, we may have created a new model to make it possible to achieve justice without destroying your life and putting your life and, and your family's uh, livelihood at risk. So you, under either the SEC or the Dodd-Frank and, and, and the False Claims Act, one does not need to be a U.S. citizen to file a case. So when you say going global, are you talking about whistleblowers who might be in another country and see this going on and filing under those laws? Or are you also advocating for, I assume, in some circumstances, laws in countries that don't have whistleblower laws? Yes, both. So we already are assisting whistleblowers from outside the U.S. that are taking advantage of U.S. laws. Uh, we want to do a lot more of that. 
And so we go around the world with our networks and with our advertising and, and our, our uh, you know, hopefully our reputation preceding us. And we spread the good word that uh, U.S. laws are available to you, regardless of U.S. citizenship, uh, regardless of where the, where the, uh, the company may be based. Uh, let's face it, most multinational companies have uh, some footprint in the United States, whether it's uh, selling stocks or banking or, or beyond. And so the jurisdictional nexus is generally not that difficult if you're going after large companies. Um, committing frauds. So, um, yeah, our message is these U.S. laws are designed to address, address transnational crime and corruption. Um, and so that's item number one on our agenda. But the other part of our agenda is to look around the world and say, where are the big opportunities to strengthen whistleblower laws and to uh, take the, less, the lessons from the United States successes and um, adapt them to the needs of uh, other countries? We're very interested in Europe right now. In fact, we've opened up a Europe, European office uh, jointly with the Whistleblowing International. We now have, yes, the European Center for Whistleblower Rights uh, off and running. And one of the key motivations for uh, opening in Europe is to uh, enact whistleblower laws. Um, following up on the 2019 EU directive, um, which essentially tells all the EU member nations that they have until December of 2021 to pass a whistleblower law, uh, we want to make sure they get that right. And don't just pass a whistleblower law, pass effective whistleblower laws. Um, there have been a lot of bad whistleblower laws passed around the world. Uh, ones that leave whistleblowers at greater risk than when they started the process. Uh, and, uh, we, we actually, part of Philly's our ethical obligation is to steer people away from these bad laws and to help create a safer path. And so that's one of our, our, our big focuses is going into Europe spreading the word about what has worked and what has not in the United States. Um, there are great studies that show that these reward laws like the False Claims Act and Dodd-Frank Dodd Act and beyond are effective. Um, there's also a bunch of studies that show that some of the other laws, such as the UK's Public Interest Disclosure Act, which unfortunately has served as a model around the world, has failed. <laughs> you know, whistleblowers who use the law end up getting retaliated against and they end up paying all kinds of legal bills that they didn't expect to pay. It's like it's a nightmare. Um, and so we have um, a lot of work left to do to strengthen whistleblower laws around the world. And that's one of the things we're focused on. Oh, I, I had no idea that we were that you were breaking into Europe. Uh, there hasn't been much whistleblower law in, in Europe compared to the U.S. Yeah. There isn't much in Canada that I'm aware of either. Actually, there's only a uh, Ontario Securities and Exchange Commission, I think, and that's about it. Um, I guess we should say we're fortunate. We, we, we do have at least the basis of, uh, if, you know, we complain a lot about it, but we... <laughs> But we have the basis of some pretty good whistleblower laws. To we do. I mean, let's face it. There are also are a whole bunch of horror stories in our own country. The yeah. federal whistleblowing system is not working. Um, it's really unfortunate if you're a federal employee that uh, if you get retaliated against, you're stuck in this bureaucratic nightmare of the Merit Systems Protection Board. Mm -hmm. uh, the, the other main whistleblower law for workers uh, sitting over at OSHA has not worked well. Massive backlog of cases. Mm -hmm. So uh, we have a lot of work left to do in the United States. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, but we do have some success models that we think we should build on. Give us an idea of the scope of the number of folks that go through your website. Yeah. I mean, I don't think people appreciate the degree to which, I mean, I, I have some familiarity with this, but, but the, the National Explorer Center tends to 
to uh, process uh, information from a lot of whistleblowers. And I don't know that that service is well understood as, as being as extensive as it is. Yeah, and I'm not uh, prepared today to roll out all the numbers for you, but I, I will say that we consider ourselves to be the top whistleblower website, um, and we work really hard to be a respected source of information for whistleblowers. Uh, in fact, we welcome input and suggestions from people on issues they feel like we are missing, because every day we're adding new content. Um, but um, so we, we design our website so that when you type in search terms relating to, to whistleblowing, we are there for you. Uh, and we do that because we want whistleblowers to get good information. Um, we also want policymakers to get good information. Uh, we aim our messages at more than just whistleblowers. We're trying to influence policy as well. Uh, and also, as I think you believe, you know, uh, we have a legal intake a section uh, that enables people to get uh, connected to qualify whistleblower uh, counsel. Uh, so we're not a law firm ourselves, but we're very interested in ensuring that whistleblowers get effective representation. Um, and so we have built a system that handles a significant number of uh, whistleblower um, complaints. Uh, and it's, it's completely secure. It's all uh, attorney-client privilege conversations uh, with uh, attorneys who do the uh, consultations. So, um, you know, we can always get better on that uh, as, as all aspects of our website. <laughs> um, but uh, it is an important public service that we feel like we provide. And in addition, you know, we obviously have a new administration, a new Congress. Um, is there any particular initiative that you're looking to try and get done, if you could, um, or push for, I should say, advocate for? Because some whistleblower organizations are not set up to advocate, yeah. um, but rather to service uh, attorneys. I know the NWC is a little bit more activist in that respect, and, and I'm yeah. sure it's what, what you're looking to do. Or push for, I should say. Yeah, I mean, we have on the uh, congressional side an agenda that really uh, spans uh, uh, most of the major whistleblower laws. They each could use fine tuning. Uh, you know, Don Frank, you know, the digital realty. I'm not going to get into the wonky uh, parts of our laws. But All right. Each each of our uh, major whistleblower laws has uh, updates and strengthening amendments needed. We work with members of Congress to get that done. Um, so Dodd-Frank, we have goals for improving the, the uh, IRS whistleblower program. Mm -hmm. uh, we have goals for improving False Claims Act uh, and, um, and beyond. In addition to the, the main uh, whistleblower statutes that you all probably have heard of, there are new ones that are coming on that need a lot of attention. The money laundering whistleblower law that just got passed by Congress mm -hmm. we think needs work. Uh, there's no minimum reward, which you think is pretty fundamental to the success of the Dodd-Frank Act. Mm -hmm. um, and, and there's other changes needed to that as well. Um, we are very interested in fixing bank whistleblowing. Um, the, the FIRA, F-I-R-R-E-A, whistleblower law is, uh, is problematic in the way it's written. It has not been nearly as effective as it could have been. Mm -hmm. um, and so we would love to get uh, improvements going on that. And we have a, a very specific recommendations, I should say, on that. Uh, let me talk about climate change. As you know, it's getting a lot of attention. It's getting a lot of attention uh, from yeah. policymakers right now, including the incoming administration. We think there's a lot that can be done in the executive branch to improve climate change whistleblowing. And so we have an agenda to work with the SEC, to work with the Federal Reserve, Office of Control of the Currency, and beyond to get them to stand up whistleblowing programs that are aimed at the most likely frauds that are slowing up progress on climate change. And let me explain. We put out a report 
in July of last year called Exposing a Ticking Time Bomb. And it essentially says that the fossil fuel industry has all the indicators of high likelihood of fraud. Their profits are seriously at risk. They have a history of deception. There's very loose standards on uh, how they uh, report their finances. And so there's been a lot of shortcuts taken. So um, this is an opportunity. Uh, and the reason why this matters so much, one, is if these folks are staying in business only through fraud, that's not right. Uh, <laughs> the, but the other thing is because of all the so-called stranded assets and many hidden liabilities at these, uh, at these companies, it, it, it creates an enormous risk to the financial system as a whole, to our economy as a whole. And that's what we meant by exposing a ticking time bomb. If whistleblowers were to step forward and help expose all of these frauds that are underway, we have ex specific examples of ones that have been proven, um, that actually takes the risk away from the financial system. So financial regulators have an interest in caring about this issue, and they have stepped up. And you're now hearing all the leaders of the major, from Janet Yellen on, talking about the need to address systemic risk uh, from climate change. Uh, so we're very interested and focused on that issue. Uh, we love working with whistleblowers from the fossil fuel sector to help address that problem. We have some we're already working with. Um, as well in other areas that are threatening our planet that relate to climate change, we're very interested in the illegal timber trade, which industrial logging and deforestation is a big threat to our climate as well as the um, biodiversity and other environmental issues. So um, we've got a big policy agenda, both at, at the uh, administration side and on the congressional side. Are you looking to file cases in this respect, um, SEC cases w showing a risk to investors? Is that the theory that you would pursue? Um, it's the reverse false claim theory is tricky, except that almost all these companies are already under some sort of corporate integrity agreement that can be used. Right. Um, and the other thing that came to mind is cafe standards. Are you, mm -hmm. I'm sure you know about that. Those, that, that's, that's a little different than a fine because it's money that, that goes in the pocket of an organization, um. Are those the kind of basis of cases you're looking at? Or are you yes. <laughs> advocating for other whistleblower laws? But I mean, that's what came to mind with respect to existing laws. We already are assisting whistleblowers uh, who have Dodd-Frank uh, cases uh, exposing accounting fraud by fossil fuel companies, uh, basically uh, overstating their financial condition in order to attract investors and lenders. Um, so... Uh, so there's a lot of royalties. Now that I think about it, royalties on public land, right? Yeah. So there you go. I mean, there's a lot of untapped uh, areas. Uh, unpaid royalties or fraud in connection with securing a lease, of course, was the basis for the Deepwater Horizon uh, disaster. Um, that and, and and the Department of Justice pled a False Claims Act claim in that case. It was part of the settlement with BP was paying wow. a False Claims Act fine. So, but it's been largely uh, um, a tool that's been sitting on the shelf, unused. Uh, so before, when I was alluding to the Reverse False Claims Act being an area that we want to develop further, that's just one example of many where uh, major companies are interacting with the government, lying in connection with the uh, reporting and forms they're filling out. Um, and that's, you know, how they're doing business. And so nobody should be supporting any industry that's managing to stay in business by lying to their investors and the government and everyone else. <laughs> and so uh, this is a big area of opportunity for us to address all this fraud. Uh, I, I also want to say uh, on the subject of climate change that significant climate legislation is going to be introdu introduced in the next uh, Congress that actually has a meaningful chance of getting passed, unlike in the past. Uh, 
if that legislation imposes a duty on fossil fuel companies, other regulated entities, to complete some kind of report to the government, which typically these laws do, mm -hmm. the question is, are the, is the government going to rely upon whistleblowers to disclose fraudulent reporting? Our answer to that question is absolutely yes. Any successful enforcement requ requires the inside information that whistleblowers provide. So that's another policy opportunity uh, to really make sure the next generation of climate legislation thinks seriously about what is effective, effective enforcement. It has been a failing. I've worked on past climate legislation. It has been a failing of past climate bills uh, to not give adequate attention to the enforcement question. And we, are gonna, we wanna be in the middle of that conversation. Well, that makes a lot of sense. I mean, obviously, this administration is taking a very different view yeah. towards climate um, than the past. And it, it's kind of interesting. The guy who was in charge for the DOJ with respect to environmental enforcement was actually just outed as the guy who tried to overthrow the government. <laughs> so I'm not sure that he was all that excited about enforcing environmental laws. But uh, well, enforcement in general, by the way, I've, I've had to do this a little with all my friends talking about climate change. This is more than an environmental issue. This is far more than an environmental issue. It's an existential issue. It, it's it's a, a, a question of the sustainability of our entire economy. Um, so the environment is one piece of it. Uh, but the, the whole financial system is, is at stake. National security is at stake. And so um, we're trying to make sure it gets out of that little environmental box, though obviously I care a lot about the environment. But in every sphere, um, there are climate implications. And that was really interesting to see the, the Biden administration, when they rolled out their executive orders yesterday, just to start using this terminology, whole of government approach. There's no agency in the federal government now that can push aside the issue of climate change. It's going to be part of every agency's agenda. Well, it's a big deal. And, and, you know, it's funny because it hits in areas you wouldn't think. I mean, I, uh, I, for various weird reasons, I've been aware of the U.S. Navy oddly being at the forefront of actually doing good stuff about climate change, which you wouldn't necessarily expect. Yesterday's executive orders talked about, you know, replacing the entire fleet of U.S. vehicles. If, if the federal government actually gets behind this, it, it will touch all sectors of the economy. Yeah. And, and I'd be grateful if the National Whistleblower Center has some success in, in making a role for whistleblowers in that and enforcing yeah, it. Yeah, I get enforced. I mean, I think you're right. Yeah, and actually, I have to say, I've, I've had the great pleasure of talking with and working with a lot of whistleblowers. You know this, but I just want to say for the benefit of your audiences, they all care about the issue. They, they actually are often very self-sacrificing people. You almost need to steer them away from sacrificing themselves. Yeah. Uh, they're, they're passionate about achieving justice and exposing, you know, criminality and fraud. Um, and so, yes, I mean, if, if you're trying to uh, launch a new government program and you're looking around for help, these are the people you want on your team. <laughs> they really are. They really are. Well, John, this has been really, really terrific. What a substantive review. Is there anything in particular you want to, to provide as an advertisement for the National Whistleblower Center, as long as I have you. Um, people can go to the Wessel website. I, I happen to be wearing my T-shirt underneath that says whistleblowers.org in, uh, in honor of this today. Is there anything in particular you want to say about the National Whistleblower Center and, and what, you well, what you've learned over the two years of working with them that makes you 
happy to be there, I guess. is the thing. Yeah, I, I should say I am thrilled to be leading the National Whistleblower Center. And thank you for the plug for whistleblowers.org. Uh, we welcome people to come and work with us. We have an activist network. So join our email list so you can help push forward some of these policies. Uh, if you are a potential whistleblower, come look at our educational materials and let's get smart about this issue. Be seen very carefully before you blow the whistle and we can connect you to an attorney. Um, this is what we do. We live to help whistleblowers, and we also help whistleblowers achieve justice. Uh, and it's possible. Today, unlike, say, 30 years ago, if you're a whistleblower, you're almost guaranteed to have to sacrifice your life. Uh, and it's, it's really tragic. Um, I don't think we should accept that anymore. I think whistleblowers should be able to achieve justice and continue to live uh, productive lives. And that's our goal. Uh, and we think it's actually very achievable. Um, so... Uh, come join with us. Uh, we have all different kinds of ways of getting involved. Come to our website, and we'd love to get you involved. Thank you, sir. Pleasure. Thank you. All right. Take care. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of the False Claims Act Insider. Be sure to check back next week for more insights into the world of whistleblower and Ketam law with your host, Tony Munter. All episodes can be streamed on PriceBenowitz.com along with your favorite streaming platforms.